Hey guys, we are pleased to say that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation charity. And now, a message from one of our supporters. Hey guys, my name is Baz Black. Uh, I first would have heard a Sophie story through the pages of Kerrang! magazine. Being a drummer and a musician, I grew up reading that. Um, I've always felt different and gone against the grain and obviously being heavily tattooed and pierced um, I have faced a lot of discrimination through the years both verbal and physical these days I try and turn my negatives into a positive through motivational speaking and make people feel like it's okay to be different which it is um, so I'm in full support of anything you do to bring these issues to light um, I was on the Chronicles podcast with the guys speaking about these very things so they're brilliant guys to get behind it and i'm in full support of it so thanks a million to learn more about this wonderful charity head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com hey jamie do you like being cozy i do and do you like staying cozy i like that even more then just heading over to www.staycozyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. With a new fall line out now. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Hi, I'm Noel McNeil, and I'm proud to present The Chronicles of Podcast. Well, highlight my ass, boys. Welcome to hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesday. And these are the Chronicles of Daniel Ross. Why Daniel this week, Jamie? Well, we thought we've got an act, someone that works with an actor on the show. Let's have a voiceover person. They both work with scripts and speeches and stuff. There's, You're right a, there. There's a, like you... there's a loose connection somewhere. <laughs> so basically, because we had somebody who was a dialogue slash voice coach, we thought someone who was a voice actor mingles quite well. Plus, the interview with Daniel was so much fun. I have never seen anybody lose their shit over the Gilbert Godfrey uh, impression for Three Little Pigs. I've never seen anybody ever get so excited and laugh as much as you did for that one little segment. That is easily a top five highlight moment out of our podcasting career that you'll see in this one. And this one, ladies and gents, we ain't going back to Chronicles. We're going back to Superhero Bar Fight. We're going way back this week. Well, that's why it's called Way Back Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> way, way back Wednesday this week. <laughs> yeah, this is a really fun interview. Daniel was a lovely human as well. His and his Instagram stories are one of the funniest things I've seen. You need to go and follow Daniel Ross actor on Instagram because it's uh, yeah, you will not be disappointed. The man is also of the voice of Donald Duck. Uh, he's the voice of the Lucky Charms um, Leprechaun and Lucky Charms adverts. Uh, he also did Starscream on a Transformers game back on the PlayStation. Uh, he is a massive Transformers fan, huge Transformers <laughs> yes. fan. He's amazing. And I've, 
before we did this, I thought I'd have a quick look, see what Daniel's doing at the moment. He's just been nominated for an award. He's been nominated for Best Voiceover in Outstanding Animation or Gaming Demo at the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences Award, which takes place on December 19th. So good luck to you, Mr. Ross. Go on, Daniel. Go get it. Everybody go vote for Daniel Ross right now. And uh, if you load up the old Disney Plus, because everyone's got that now, uh, he recently played Donald Duck in Mickey and the Tale of Two Witches. And although he's not playing Donald this time, he does several voices in Mickey Mouse Funhouse, the new series that is also on Disney+. Plus. Incredible. We are so excited to get this out. Jamie, any final words? No, just thank you very much, Mr. Ross. It was an absolute honour to talk to you. And like I said, top five moments in my life of that Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much again for taking the time out to speak to us. Ladies and gentlemen, these... Are the Chronicles of Daniel Ross. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we have another wonderful guest for you. Today we have a man who you might not know his name, but you will know his voice. A man who has used his incredible talent to voice not one, not two, but three and even more iconic characters. You could say this man is magically delicious. Today we have Mr. Daniel Ross. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello, Jamie, Tom. Thank you so much for having me on the on the show. This is this is a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's an absolute privilege to have you here. Um, I, I, I could say that being on this podcast is magically delicious. No, oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't even have that cereal over here, but it's it's just so iconic that advert. You know, we just know it anywhere. I've heard it's only in specialty stores. Yeah, pretty much, and it costs like six pound a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like uh, getting your oil changed on a car or something really expensive. It's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong; <laughs> it's amazing and it tastes incredible. But I don't want to have to remortgage the house to buy a box. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> so, uh, how's lockdown treated you? Um, you know, it's been. Uh, <laughs> Uh, once in a lifetime kind of situation. Oh, so yes. everybody's journey <laughs> has, has certainly been their own in this experience. But, uh, you know, collectively, uh, this has been such a shock to everybody's system. And, you know, for those who have lost loved ones and friends, I have friends who have, who have passed on from this. Uh, it's, it's been a scary time. And, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of seeing what we're made of uh uh you know in terms of our response to it and here in the u.s we certainly could be doing better um but you know the lockdown was important and you know it's kind of carried forward ever since and, and really changed the way we do things the fact that we're doing this over over zoom nobody knew what zoom was at the beginning of this year or very few people knew who zoom was and now everybody does um so for me you know, it was a shock to the system to to have to isolate and and be away from family and loved ones. But uh, you know, I discovered TikTok, and uh, TikTok has been a heck of a lot of fun. Just a nice place to to have a creative release and create some characters and do some comedy and uh, you know build up a, a small following of people uh, that that like my content. So that's kind of been an adventure in and of itself and uh i am grateful for it because look in the in the past pandemics in 1918 we didn't have zoom we didn't have tv we didn't have tel you know telephones like we do today we don't have the same amenities and comforts uh that they did in previous times so 
you know, I have to look at the positive and just be grateful for what we have. Yeah. I mean, I'm By the way, I'm very long-winded. So so if you ask me questions and I ramble on for hours, no, feel free a, to cut me off. That's exactly <laughs> what we want. That's what we're here for. People listen Let's to us for an hour and a bit anyway. Pineapple. That'll be our safe word, pineapple. <laughs> Uh, like I said, people listen to us enough anyway, before, right before and after the interview, so it's all good that you chat away, it's all good. Um, I just want to say I, I'm really sorry to hear about your friends that you've lost during this awful uh, time. It's been weird, um, like you said, it's just like everyone's starting to learn a lot about themselves and uh, how to cope with this sort of, um, in the pandemic and that sort of thing, so I know a lot of people are struggling. Uh, so, like, it's a hard thing to talk about, my friend. I, I mean, yeah. realistically, we, we are going through such a difficult time. Yeah. Everyone is struggling in their own way, shape, and form. And you know, my approach is to is to try to try to help make people laugh. And that's a very fine line to walk. Yeah. In in this time right now, because uh, again, everybody is is hurting and grieving in their own way, and yeah. dealing with the way that the world is changing. So. Uh, you know, I, I feel for everybody and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to talk about because you want to have nice, positive communications with people and, and talk frankly about things, but also be sensitive to the fact that this is, this is a life changing once in a lifetime event Absolutely. that we're going through right now. So. Absolutely. So, okay, then we'll, we'll move away from that. Have you taught yourself or learned anything, uh, whilst you've been isolated other than your TikToks? Um, have I taught myself? Well, I've been diving back into uh, a little bit of uh, beginner Spanish because uh, oh, I, wow. I used to be I used <laughs> to almost be fluent when I was in high school, and I just I let it go. So I'm going back to basics and just trying to to, to learn a little bit more uh, of that. Uh, as, as you're aware, I have a very large Transformers collection, so uh, <laughs> that. That continues to propagate on its own without my help at all. I don't know why. Um, and yeah, just uh, TikTok. Uh, the, the thing that TikTok's really allowed me to do, because um, I moved out to Los Angeles six years ago just to focus on voiceover. And I started as an on-camera actor and then a film producer and then a writer, all things so that I could facilitate my own, my own work. And when I started with voiceover, <clears throat> excuse me, and dedicated myself to that, I, you know, stopped doing on-camera stuff. I stopped doing film production. So having a chance to do that on a, on a very small scale has been uh, enlivening and, and a lot of fun and has woken up a, a part of me that I missed. So I can see a progression now towards uh, doing some more on-camera, doing some more film production, uh, which I think will make me very happy That's on top great. of everything that I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not busy enough as it is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's very busy. And that's one thing I wish someone had taught me was the business of voiceover. <laughs> the business of the entertainment industry is, is a, is a wild ride. Let me tell you that. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> Was your work at all affected by everything going on or as being voiceover artist, do you get to do things from home? Have you got like a home studio sort of thing? Yeah, I do. I have a home recording set up here in my office and um, yeah, I've, I've recorded video games. I've recorded episodes for shows uh, all from the luxury of my home and sometimes with or without pants. You'll never know. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say I've been, 
again, very fortunate and, and extremely grateful to be able to continue to work from home almost uninterrupted. I mean, all of my auditions are done online. I get my auditions via email from my agents. I, I get to record them here and edit, and then I send them off. So really, the only thing that's changed has been physically going to the studios to record. And then, of course, you know, having FaceTime with people, uh, you know, grabbing a, a handshake or a hug every so often and, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee and talking about life. Um, it's It feels so much more formal, uh, even though it's informal now, doing the whole Zoom thing and, you know, catching up with people because you can spend a full day doing that and you're just staring at your phone or your computer all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's just such a it's such a very different dynamic, but I think out of all the industries, voiceover has been the least hit uh, in that regard. You can still do animation; people are still animating from home and and can do that remotely. So uh, I feel very very lucky. But on camera production, not so much, not so much. It's it's going to be like two thousand uh, two thousand twenty two before we really start seeing. I think movies coming back to the way they were before. We're going to be getting mostly things that we were already promised, like Ghostbusters. I was so excited to see Ghostbusters and the new Black Widow movie and, yeah. you know, Mulan and all these things in the theaters. So I'm going to have to, going to have to wait a little bit. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I, I've been, I've been good. I've been good on that front. That's amazing. It's good to hear. So how long ago did you start in entertainment? Oh boy. Um, I think I caught the bug when I was in middle school. Uh, I, I was a, a shrimpy little kid. My very first musical was The Music Man. And I played Harold Hill, which was the bad guy from that show. And I'm, you know, a little middle, uh, middle school aged boy with all the girls ready to go into high school who are like 10 feet taller than me. <laughs> and I was the shrimpy kid playing the bad guy. And I had so much fun with it. And I think that's where I caught the bug. Um, but in terms of professionally, I got my union card. I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA. I got that probably in about 2003, 2004. So I formally started working in the business, I would say, as soon as I turned 20. As soon as I turned 20. And I'm now 40. So about 20 years. Wow. That's amazing. Is that something it's, a, it's a long time. It's a long time, my friend. <laughs> I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. My <laughs> oh, that could just be this watch I'm sitting on now. <laughs> is um, is voice acting something you've like always wanted to do, or is this? Did did it just happen by accident? You know, I think it happened by accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I always had a proclivity for voices and impressions, impersonations. I would impersonate my teachers in school. I would impersonate all the characters, you know, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies and all the cartoon characters I'd see on TV. I would do prank phone calls and I'd get in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I just never realized, hey, this is an actual job until much later in life. Yeah. Um, I had, of course, pursued acting, you know, musical theater. That was my college degree. I ended up dropping out of that and focusing on film and, you know, on camera and then producing my own content so that I could act in it and then writing my own content so that I could produce so that I could act in it. Wow. Um, so it, it's always been kind of a, a, a crazy process uh, for me, at least. That is uh, that is incredible what you do. Yeah, I don't know, if I, I don't know if I glazed over your point there. 
No, so <laughs> it's fine. I understand. <laughs> I went into talking land and I forgot where I was. Who are you again? <laughs> what am I? <laughs> where are we? <laughs> That's right. You know, the rest of this interview, I'm just going to talk like this the whole time. How about that? Right. That sounds grand, man. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, Bob's your uncle, mind the gap. I just felt collectively everyone in your country just have an urge to kill me all of a sudden. It's so strange. <laughs> I, I feel like every Briton just went like a meerkat, like, what? what, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first job? Like, oh gosh, my first job. Uh, so I started doing uh, radio commercials, uh, car commercials, voicemail messages for, for uh, corporate companies, you know, impressions like they'd say, hey, do do uh, Elvis Presley. So, you know, hey, I'll do Elvis Presley, you know, if you want to find him. Yeah, it was like, that, that was just a thing to bring in a little bit of extra money while I worked uh, full-time in retail. Uh, I was a manager at Target. I was a store manager at Blockbuster. I'm dating myself right now, of course, uh, with this information. But yeah, I worked in, in retail for a long time. And, you know, voiceover was just kind of a hobby. It was just kind of a fun thing uh, that I always enjoyed doing. And oh, now I'm remembering the part of your, your last question. I didn't realize that voiceover was a thing probably until the mid-90s when a, a very interesting show called Transformers Beast Wars came out. Uh, I think it might have been Beasties in your in your country. It, it was renamed in a couple different ways. But, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. It might have been in Canada or something. Um, so, so, yeah, so Beast Wars came out, and I, and I heard – you know, Scott McNeil doing all these different characters, you know, talking to himself in some situations. I, the voice cast was just extraordinary on that show. And I looked into the, the actors and it was the first time it clicked in my head. Oh, this is a job. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is a job. <laughs> I had just always associated the characters with the characters. And then that was the end of it. Yeah. And the fact that I went further and learned who these people were. And then I went to conventions to meet them in person that was when I realized, okay, I feel like I've met my tribe. Like, this, these, these people are speaking the same language I am, which is lots of different character voices, and I love it. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I, I missed getting around to the answer to that question. That's before. absolutely fine. We're just here for fun. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that isn't what I was told. <laughs> That's so here on the contract. <laughs> So we'd be taking on these like iconic characters. How do you discover you can do these voices? Is it a case of you saw the job and practiced it, or could you already do it and thought, I'd do that one, I'll apply to that? That's a really good question. Um, so for the iconic characters, like let's say Starscream or Donald Duck or Lucky the Leprechaun, uh, no, I, I never knew that I would have the opportunity to, to audition for these characters. Starscream came about because obviously I'm a huge Transformers fan. Uh, you guys got a peek of my collection at the beginning of our chat. Yeah. I have some ink on me that says Transform and Cybertronian. So I'm a huge Transformers fan. And I helped run a, uh, a, a website called allspark.com many, many years ago. And through there, I would do voice actor interviews um, and... Uh, uh, so I had access to like 
people and producers and things like that. And I heard that there was a new Transformers movie in development. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, I've got to find a way to, to audition somehow, some way. Where I lived in the U.S. at the time, uh, in, in Washington, D.C., in the Maryland area, uh, I, I didn't have access to, to fancy agents or anybody that could help promote me. So I had my friends who were in the uh, uh, Transformer fandom, who were artists, help me create a comic book uh, that I was able to send to Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg, to just say, hey, here's a, a quick, wacky story involving me and the Transformers. Would you give me a shot? And I got an audition. I got an audition for the movie, which was all I wanted. Uh, I didn't get those characters, obviously, but then Activision contacted me a couple weeks later, said, hey, you want to audition for Starscream and a couple other characters? And I went, uh-huh, yeah, sure, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, yeah, like a week later, they said, okay, you've got the role of Starscream. And my life changed. My, my literal life changed. So I, I, they told me they wanted a really demonic, scary voice, something that would frighten the children. <laughs> so I came up with something <laughs> really breathy and frightening. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's it. That's perfect. I get to the studio. I get to the studio. I kid you not, Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies, is my director. And he says, how about just a British accent? And I'm saying, so what you're telling me is you want Starscream to sound like this. <laughs> yes, perfect, that's it. <laughs> and my inner fan went... <laughs> and they said, okay, well, what, what else you got? So in a moment's notice, I, it turned into... Decepticons, this is Starscream, you know, and, and that's what it was. So I walked away from this experience like 70% satisfied that what I was doing would not get me murdered by the fans. <laughs> uh, you know, because the original Starscream was Chris Lotta, you know, Decepticons, retreat! You know, really Oh my god, that was spawn! <laughs> um, oh, excuse me, one second, buddy. Just, you know what I'm saying? Come here, buddy. Come here, baby. Yeah, trying to escape. Sorry. <laughs> all good. It's all good. Don't worry. No, trying I, to get out. I hate it when he goes into Starscream. I know, right? <laughs> so so Starscream was very uh, in the moment, spur of the moment. I didn't have a chance to really practice what I ended up doing. I knew my lines because I had an opportunity to look through my lines, but not a chance to really work on the character. When it came to Lucky the Leprechaun, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of of uh, finagling involved. I needed to kind of pitch my voice a certain way. I needed to find his placement because I could, you know, do an impression of him, but it wasn't lucky. So I had to go back and rewatch, you know, a bunch of the commercials, look for all the little isms. Like when he chuckles, what does he sound like when he chuckles? It's like, yeah, you're two steps away from the Pillsbury Doughboy, but you're not quite that. It's still like <laughs> the leprechaun. So, so yeah, I'm dissecting this information and trying to make it right. And uh, you get to a certain point where, you know, you still hear yourself as, as the voice actor, but it's convincing enough that it's not readily you. That's the point you kind of have to step away and say, okay, now we have to focus on the acting side of things, not just the sound of the voice. And making my way to the big one, Mr. Donald Duck, um, I, that was the very first voice I ever learned how to do when I was a kid. My mom taught me how to do it. So I think I must have been four, you know, four or five years old. And 
she would tuck me in at night and she would say, Oh, I love you so much. And I'd say, Oh, mom, I love you too. And that was our thing. And then it was a parlor trick for friends. And like I would get a, I would get in trouble on movie sets sometimes, you know, just, just doing the voice in, in weird places. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I never thought in a million years that I'd have a chance to actually audition for the role. And when I did get the audition, they wanted classic Clarence Nash, who was the original voice of the of the of, of Donald. And uh, so I had to do my research, uh, much like I did with Lucky the Leprechaun, but more so because we're talking about a character with eighty six years of history. Oh, yeah. So this isn't just a, a random character. This is a character that's woven into the social fabric of our society globally my parents know this character my grandparents know this character even my great-grandparents knew this character so the pressure was on to get it right <laughs> and I, I did so many things i played my with my sinuses i played with the different sounds in my head to try to make sure i got the right sound uh, i learned a bunch of different little isms and things uh to give you an example like how does donald chuckle Okay, well, he does his, his, la his hefty laughing that he does. <laughs> but he also does an evil chuckle. How do I physically do the chuckle? And I learned that if I exhale with an F and use my upper cheek, <laughs> that's where that sound comes from. So I had to go back and, like, reverse engineer all the different sounds and figure things out. And uh, that was what encompassed that job. Um, and I would say it took probably... I would say a year, really, of recording uh, episodes left and right where I finally became comfortable enough with the character and that it wasn't just me doing the voice in front of the microphone. It was me in front of the microphone hearing the voice of the character that was just coming through me, which was so weird to begin with. That was just, that was such a crazy moment. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's Donald Duck. That's not me anymore. Um, so I know I, I did my job. That is fascinating. I, I was just like, keep talking, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because obviously with the launch of Disney Plus and stuff, I, I have a three-year-old daughter and we watch Mickey and the Roadster Racers all the time. I love nice. that show. Um, so it's a fun show. Hearing you do that, I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to, like speak to any people that had done Donald previously? Like, I, I don't know the guys know who did it on um, Clubhouse or anything like that to get advice. Or no, no, it was uh, this was just me and uh, the the folks at the production. Um, yeah, no, I I never got a chance to meet Clarence Nash before he passed away. And I still haven't had the pleasure of meeting Tony Anselmo, uh, who's still doing the voice to this day. Um, it's just uh, it's just not the way it's worked out thus far. Uh, but no, everything has just been from my own experience and uh, my own research on the character. And uh, yeah, just the advice and, and the great writing of the, the people on my team. It's That's amazing. so cool. Is that... um, sorry, Dave. No, come on. I'll just ask another question to you, Carol. I was going to say, it's like... Donald Duck is it's a stupid noise I've always done for years to amuse my kids. And it's like, how do you manage to talk at the same time as doing the noise? It blows my mind. Like, um, you know, I, all I can say is that I got lucky with the acoustics of my mouth, uh, the way that I'm able to use my tongue and my cheek and the voice itself. 
I always said, you know, well before any of this happened, if I ever lost the ability to speak, that would be how I would speak. So, you know, if I got <laughs> pulled over by a cop for, for speeding or something, and I, I would say, Oh, officer, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> wink, wink. You know, like, that would have been my thing. That would no have been one my could thing. be angry with that. No one. <laughs> so, it's impossible. <laughs> I, I, I believe that the in speech pathology, it's called buckle speech. Uh, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Buckle or bucal. I believe it's buckle speech. Um, so there's a name for it outside of Donald Duck voice, but it's <laughs> it's uh, it's just something that I've been able to to master over decades of of practice. It's amazing. I just uh, that, the thought of a police officer being like, "Yeah, I'm going I'm <laughs> to." <you." laughs> We're hauling you away right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not having this. <laughs> um, are there any characters you've really, you really want to do that haven't done yet? Um, you know that's a that's a tough one because, I mean, all of the classic Looney Tunes characters are are favorites of mine, but they are spoken for, and you know those those roles belong to people that I both adore love and respect in my community so I, it's hard for me to say oh i'd love to do this pre-existing character that, that's already out there yeah, but yeah, yeah. realistically what i'm hoping for uh is a character that i can claim to my own um you know starscream i shared with charlie adler he did the voice in the movies i did it in the video games uh, uh you know there have been many people who've been the voice of lucky the leprechaun and i'm now the third person to voice donald duck uh so so none of it has been my own original character i've been yeah. doing things that kind of already exist and i always love the opportunity to bring new characters to life so when i'm a utility player on a show or if i'm doing like you know 50 percent of the voices on a show and sometimes having conversations with myself in character that's the most fun to me that's the most gratifying um so I just get to create something. I get to add something to, to the universe that wasn't already there. So that's really, I think, what I'm what I'm seeking right now. Yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong. I, I mean, these these characters are both a responsibility and an honor. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm borrowing the keys to the cabin cruiser with Donald <laughs> for as long as Disney, you know, wants to have me there. But you know. I, I'm just grateful that I've had an opportunity to do that, you know, for, for whatever time it is. So, so there, there's a difference in perspective, I guess, with the, with these longstanding characters that are just like dream come trues. Uh, and, you know, the creative side of me that just wants to create something new. Well, I really hope that you get your opportunity to create somebody that is your own. That would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> there is only one lark or two from We Bear Bears, which was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Is you doing that voice? <laughs> <laughs> the, the original audition for that, uh, I, I had I had just gone through a really bad spot in in my life, and I just I, I didn't care all that much. I was doing auditions and just kind of letting stuff out. And I got this audition. I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if I did like a pug mixed in with a rooster?" Mixed. In? Okay, let's just do that. And the and the audition ended up being. <laughs> and they they cut the end part of it because I was like, "Oh, a pug! You know, a pug making a lot of noise or a Frenchie carrying on." You know, <laughs> you know, like that would be kind of funny. And they're like, "No, just the first part of it." So that's what ended up being the Larka two. 
uh, which was just so much fun. That was so, so much uh, fun. <laughs> and I mean, we bear bears. I mean, how cool to, to play in the sandbox of such a huge uh, property and, 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 and cartoon and now franchise, I should say, you know, it's, it's amazing to just kind of put my little touch on it. Um, even with the Joker, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix last year, uh, you hear my voice in the very first minute of the film as he's putting on makeup. And this movie went on to win, you know, Academy Awards and Joaquin won for Best Actor. And it's like, I got to touch that appropriately. I got to touch this thing. <laughs> it's amazing. And I, I just, that's one of the joys of this vocation that I really love is is you get to, you get to peel back the curtain on some things and, and play and have, have a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I've gotten to do some stuff, which is really neat. Nice. Little roles like that, you don't really think about, do you? You're just watching the film, you don't think someone was hired just to do a little bit of radio speech, but you know that that gave someone a payday. But you know right. something, if if it's done right, you shouldn't be asking those questions at all. You know that's that's Very the point, point of the movie is you don't you don't ask these kinds of questions like who's doing the lighting or who's doing the green screen, <laughs> whatever. Like if you notice those things, somebody did something wrong. Uh, so you shouldn't be noticing my voice. It should just be part of the ambiance and, and the, and the story that's being told. Um, so yeah, as, as long as nobody knows it's me, I did a good job and now I let everybody know it's me. So I don't know if I'm doing a good job. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to tell them, so you are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. I try. Before I was doing my research for this, I found it absolutely amazing, like, we spoke about your voiceover work and it's mostly like kids projects like Tom and Jerry, We Bear Bears and all of that. Yeah. Your normal acting is very far from that. There's a lot of horror movies and ninja movies and stuff involved. <laughs> really amazing. Yeah, well, so the, fir the first thing I'll say is acting, acting is acting. Acting is acting. Um, voice acting is, is just the same. You got to bring a character to life even if it's wacky and, and kind of kooky. There, there, is, there is a life behind that voice and that is that is acting uh so whatever medium it's on i mean look i love on camera work i love being silly i've always kind of been a bit of a clown so uh you know doing stuff on camera and being silly or self-deprecating is always you know second nature for me um but i miss it i really do miss uh film production and being on camera and in my early days um you know when you are starting out, you want to do anything that you can to facilitate what you want to do, what your goals are. And my goal at the time was to be an, uh, an actor. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have any refined goals or different avenues at the time. So, you know, early in my career, did I make some some interesting choices in terms of what I participated in? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you take what you can get. And uh, in, in the case of the Ninjas movies, uh, I both produced and was a story supervisor on that with my best buddy, Justin Tim Payne. You know, he and I were both struggling actors uh, in the, the Maryland, D.C., Baltimore area. And uh, we met at a, at a script read for a movie that we did called Crawler, which was also a, a cheesy B independent horror film uh, being headed up by legend Don Doler uh, from the B-movie uh, genre. And so, like, we met and we became best friends and 
we were very much into like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel and Clerks and all that. So we'd have lots of late nights, you know, uh, talking up at, at his place. And we decided, hey, let's 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 buy the quick stop. Let's make our own opportunities. And because at the time I was a store manager at Blockbuster, we went to Blockbuster to see what wasn't on the shelves. And we said ninjas versus zombies. We can't find ninjas versus zombies. So we made ninjas versus zombies. That's amazing. And, you know, it was off of credit cards and, and, you know, purchasing equipment and all done in like backyards and, you know, super lo-fi blood and effects and everything. It's as campy as you can get. And yet somehow we managed to get it out to the world. We got it internationally sold. Uh, I believe in the UK it was called Zombie Contagion, which had nothing to do with the, <laughs> the, the ninjas part, which I thought was funny. Um, and yeah, so the opportunity arose and we made a second one. We made Ninjas versus Vampires. And that one we got internationally sold. We got it on Netflix for a year. We got it. It's currently on Amazon Prime. Uh, it was illegally downloaded so many times it made like the top 10 illegally downloaded movies. <laughs> that's, amazing. List. <laughs> so that's amazing. I'm not... <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, so we just, we found our, ourselves with our wares kind of floating around the world. So we followed up with ninjas versus monsters and, you know, put a little, a little bow on top and finished it out there. And I continued, uh, producing other films, uh, in the area and really enjoyed myself. It was a lot of fun, and, and I would anticipate continuing to play in that genre because I love horror comedy so much. I, I just think, you know, when it's done right, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, when it's done really well, uh, it's, it's a great genre. So I would love to get back to that at some point. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the current iteration of me is very family-friendly, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay separating the sides of myself. You know, I can be a bit crass. I can be, uh, uh, I, I can say naughty words when, when I need to, but I feel like, <laughs> you know, for my TikTok content, for, for, for what I'm doing right now, um, I just appreciate making my, my content available for a wider audience, you know, and I'm okay with that. That's just the way careers progress. You never know what direction it's going to take you, but I think, as long as I'm asking myself the question, is this what you want to do? Uh, then that's okay. If, if, at any, if at any point I'm saying this isn't what I want to do, then I might need to look at it and, and change some things up. But uh, your dreams can change sometimes and it's okay. And uh, I, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. So I've got no, no reason to stop yet. <laughs> Well, you've officially won my heart by being inspired by Kevin Smith because the man. Ah, there you go. Man's there you on go. My arm. I love him so. <laughs> the question is, who are the ninjas going to fight next if you decided to go back to it? That's a really good question. I, I think for the time being, we're probably done with that with that story. I'd love to make it into a side scroller video game at some point because we just have so many fun little like bosses and characters that you could play as you know kind of like the the tmnt or the the oh. x-men side scroller game i think i think we could make a pretty pretty awesome game out of these characters but outside of that i mean always looking for the new the next adventure so there are some things i'm writing there's some things my partner justin's writing uh and you know who knows who knows what the future holds uh i'm i'm open to it all and 
people seem to like my Karen Hunter uh, character from TikTok. So I might be doing some more with that. I don't know. <laughs> TikTok, as I was just saying earlier, seems to have really thrived with creators during this lockdown. We spoke to someone, we recorded the interview yesterday, like she started in April because she was bored and she's now got 4 million followers on there. It's an insane yeah. how creative that app has become. It's, it's pretty crazy. And I mean, I don't get up there and do, you know, all the crazy dances and whatnot. I certainly don't look good in a bikini. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm just doing my thing and just bringing a little piece of myself and my humor uh, to my page. If it makes me laugh, then that's what I'm putting up there. And the response has been very positive. So I don't have 4 million followers as of yet. I, I think I just approached uh, 112,000. But in terms of anything else that I've done before, that's huge. And I'm just so happy to have uh, people watch it and laughing along. <laughs> that's how people discover that was how I discovered you. I saw you on TikTok. Oh, my like, goodness. Yeah, that's how I discovered you. I was like, he did I'm so you. sorry. Emailing this guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So were there, were there any roles that you auditioned for that you were like, I want this, I really want this, that you didn't get that cuts deep to this day uh i wouldn't say that cut deep um i mean there are always opportunities that pop up and you're like oh, oh my goodness like that could be me why not me you know there are always moments that happen like that but the reality of the entertainment industry is you have to do your best and then forget it because mm -hmm. if you linger too much in your wants and desires, you will always be disappointed. And we, I live in an industry that's like a roller coaster. You're constantly riding highs and lows and highs and lows. So the idea of rejection, you know, is something that you have to be okay with. I audition a hundred times a year, at least. And, you know, just to round numbers out, at least a hundred times a year. And I will book maybe 1% of that. So like one or two gigs for every hundred auditions. So if I'm beholden to every one of those auditions and hoping and praying, I'm going to drive myself crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. There've been a few times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm reading for this. And then I do it. I put all of my love and excitement into it. And then I walk away and I forget about it. And hopefully if something happens, you know, a month later, two months later, sometimes even a year later after you've auditioned, then it's a surprise. You're like, oh, I did the thing. Oh, cool. That. All right. Please. I get to do the callback or I get to do the job, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much to think about. <laughs> so with the auditions you do do then, it's the ones that you don't get, do they pass on information to the people or do they go, are they going to go, oh, I've got a friend, they tell them about you? Does that happen frequently? So when I audition, uh, it's a very nebulous process. You, you audition, it goes out into the ether, and then you hope for the best. But, you know, if you don't get the role, you don't have somebody call you and say, hey, they liked this or that, but you didn't get it. You just don't get a call. Um, you only get the call if they want to hear something further, if they're going to book you for a callback, or if you've actually booked the role. Um, so, yeah, you audition as as much as possible it's like it's like pulling the lever when you're playing slots you know you're just you're just playing you're just playing every yeah. single time and you might hit it at some point you might get a little bit back or you might hit something really big you never know 
Um, so yeah, that's in terms of the process, that's at least where, where my end is. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, are there any roles or projects coming up that you can talk about? Sure. Um, there, of course, lots of things I can't talk about, uh, which is always the, the, the juicy stuff. Um, Right now, I have a film that I produced and acted in called The Distanced. Uh, it's a, a short quarantine film with a, a sci-fi uh, background, and uh, it's gone around the festival circuit right now. Um, so we're excited about that. Another film that I produced called A Christmas Cancellation uh, is making the festival circuit right now. And uh, I've been working on a series, a comedy series, called Vulgar Fantastico, uh, right with on. my buddy Larry Longstreth. Um, there's three episodes that are on YouTube right now. I, I, I play a demon named Dracovus Finn, which is so much fun. And uh, uh, yeah, definitely not for the younger audience. Um, but yeah, just I, I'm continuing to work during, during the pandemic and trying to create new things. And hopefully when the world returns, you know, maybe next year, uh, I'll, I'll start, you know, campaigning and, and trying to work on on-camera stuff because uh, I'd love to get to, you know, be that be that quirky comedic uh, neighbor, you know, that lives next door that's always bringing souffles or or you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think that would be fun for me. Um, but you know, imagine the cool the agent still, still focused on voiceover and, and loving it and loving the response from it. I'll tell you guys, one of the things that I never anticipated uh, getting into voiceover was how it affects people and how it affects the world uh, in a positive way. Um, I can't tell you how many times someone has approached me and said, I was having a bad day or I had gotten into a car accident or I was in a breakup and I watched your show and it just brightened my day. Thank you for that. Um, Those moments matter to me. And is a is a pleasant side effect of the fact that I'm here just doing a job, and it gets to have that kind of impact on the world. So, when I see people who send me their reaction videos to me doing Donald Duck for their kids, and the kids light up and and there's a smile on their face, uh, I, I get to know that I put it there. I get to know that I helped make that moment. Um, and when the world is going through something like we're going through right now. Uh, it just means so much more. Yeah. So uh, I, I love what I do. What can I say? <laughs> that is incredible. It must be so rewarding. Indeed. And I get to talk to fine gents like yourself. Oh, no, you. Stop it, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. <laughs> no, obviously, we were talking about doing like, the iconic characters and stuff earlier on. Now, I noticed from looking at your TikTok video, you do some incredible impressions. The one that stood out oh, to no. me as an old wrestling fan was Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, Jesse's, Jesse's an old classic one of mine, you know, former governor of Minnesota. He's a great guy. Conspiracy theory, tune in at 9, 8 central. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love um, it so much. Is there any, what are your other favorite uh, impressions you like to do? Um, I always like doing um, Bobcat Goldplay. Uh, I mean, He's just you know, kind of one of my favorites. Um, I love Bobcat. Uh, oh, that made me so happy. I, I, of course, love doing Ed Wynn. My goodness, Ed Wynn from Mary Poppins. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> also known as the Mad Hatter. Can you believe it? Happy young birthday. Um, 
yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, and and uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Anne Ramsey from the Goonies. Do you remember the old lady from the Goonies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Owen! I'm, I'm thinking throw Mama from the train. Owen, you rotten little child! Yeah, all of a sudden, I never loved you! I, I, that's, that's one voice I, I'm determined to use for a character at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there, there are some that just stick out in your brain, and you have to find a way to use them. Oh, uh, that would be so happy. <laughs> is that, is that always that story that question people said that, who would you like to have you read a bedtime story and I was like oh Morgan Freeman or something my answer has always been Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to sleep just the idea of Bobcat reading me some of like three little pigs is just the best thing in the world well then then of course you know uh, Gilbert Gottfried could be could be oh. you know saying the same thing three little pigs <laughs> three little pigs one had a house made out of straw. One had a house made out of bricks. I, I think I would. I would not want to sleep ever again. <laughs> Literally the greatest moment of my life. Oh, oh, oh! You've made my day, sir. That was wonderful. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Oh, wonderful. Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> it took me out of the zone, that dude was amazing. Uh, Tom, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? I did. So I've always wanted to delve into the world of voice acting. I've, it's something I've always dreamed about doing. Uh, whether it becomes it, when it comes to fruition, who knows. But I was just wondering if there were any advice you had at all for anyone wanting to get into the industry. Absolutely. Um, the very first piece of advice I always give is check out D. Bradley Baker's website, IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. Now, I know that sounds a little cheesy, like, hey, go check out this website, and it'll answer all your questions. <laughs> but D. Bradley Baker, as you know, is one of the most prolific voice actors in our industry yeah. uh, and has compiled probably the best resource for people who have these kinds of questions, even to intermediate and to advanced uh, folks. There is information that he compiles and keeps it updated all the time. So I always recommend, hey, check it out first as kind of a preamble to your experience if you're curious, um, because it'll answer a lot of the questions that, that uh, I might not be able to answer quite as well. Okay. But my advice, um, study acting, study improvisation. Those are two key elements uh, and tools that you must have when you're in the recording studio, um, there may be moments where the director says, okay, we finished the line. Can you just come up with something on the spot for us? I mean, that's a rare occurrence, but they might say, yeah, this isn't sounding right. What you got? And in a moment's notice, you have to be able to come out with something that is relevant to the character, sounds funny, sounds good. And that takes, you know, many thousands of hours of practice and experience to yeah. bring into the studio when you actually have to record. Not even to mention the idea, like I was saying before or earlier, about bringing a character to life. There has to be life behind the voice, not just a silly voice. I can do a silly voice all day, but if there is nothing behind that voice, it's just a voice. You know, and, and if it's one note and, you know, so many other things taken into consideration. So um, acting, improvisation, two big factors. Uh, and then, you know, getting to know what your instrument is capable of. Um, when I teach workshops, 
that's usually what I focus on is how to discover your instruments so that you can pick out different archetypes, how you can stretch and play with different voices so that you can create something new. Um, that's what I like to focus on. So it's a multi-pronged approach. Uh, I, I just threw a lot at you, even though it feels like so little to me. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, voiceover is very rewarding if you're willing to put in the time, the effort, the financials, the, the stress, uh, the emotion of it. Uh, again, this is kind of all about rejection and how, how you handle rejection. And if that's something that you are uh, not capable of or have a difficult time with, you may want to consider something else because um, okay. that's a big part of it. It's not yeah. all just, hey, I get to do this voice and live a wonderful lifestyle. Uh, many of us are scraping by and just do it because we love it and not the money. So, um, yeah, voiceover is a lot of fun, but do your due diligence. Lovely. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. I will definitely check that out after we are done here. You should. I encourage you to. <laughs> Mr. Ross, thank you so much for coming on. It's really appreciated. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I will just uh, plug myself real quick. and say, I was going to say, have you got any links or plugs or anything? Yeah, if, if your audience is curious about me or would like to continue the conversation, you can find me across social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, all across the board. You can find me at Actor Daniel Ross. Actor Daniel Ross, uh, not proctologist Daniel Ross, not uh, baker Daniel Ross, <laughs> actor Daniel Ross. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys will, will find me and, and uh, continue the conversation. Would love to. I'll be fine. You don't you worry. Thank you so much, Daniel. Like seriously, <laughs> so we much. really appreciate it so much. Don't watch my movies on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't suppose I could be really cheeky and ask you to do a little voice clip for me. Perhaps. Could you just simply say, this is Donald Duck and you're listening to the You Suck Podcast Network? <laughs> um, I can say a multitude of different things. I, I, I can't plug anything with the voice, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh. But, uh, uh, so I'm sorry. I can't. Oh. But I can say, I love you very much. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's my new ringtone that's fine <laughs> thank you so much for coming on i really really appreciate it thanks so much guys really Enjoy. appreciate it too. hope to talk again soon hi i'm frank guglielmelli and i'm the narrator for some wonderful audio dramas from syscast like marty and mars bounty hunters and a great part in val toby with much more to come you can find these programs on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or head over to our website, www.syscast.com. We are excited to announce that we are now affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Hey, this is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl, and you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast.